Hi everybody, Tom Krantz here with the special year-end edition of Type Tune Tint. On today's episode, which is also available on video by the way, I'm going to look at the top four episodes of this podcast for the year 2022. And by top four, I mean the four most listened to episodes. And I hope you'll stay with me for the next few minutes to hear about it. And maybe after that, subscribe to my podcast. First is the episode that featured Frank Lyman. Frank Lyman is a career educator who not only is a teacher, but he teaches teachers. He wrote this fabulous book that first kind of sounds like a textbook for educators. But what it really is, it's tips for not only educating children and educating teachers, but kind of educating ourselves on how to bring people into the whole education experience. I found some of it useful as a CPR instructor, but people who manage other people and who set an example for them in any, you know, any kind of work environment, I think could find this book useful. Frank and I talked about some of the universal truths that are involved in not only what he wrote about, but in what we can all learn from what he wrote. You learn your response. I was in graduate school, I had a very fond, I was very fond of this professor. He says, you learn your response and you have to realize that. And he kept pushing that and I didn't get it. So then when I, uh, one day I was teaching uh, children, uh, reading to them about the, uh, the Chinese immigration. And, and then I asked them as a group, well, what, what did I just say? And nobody knew. They, the Chinese <laughs> had, uh, they had, uh, no, it was actually Italians and banana carts in New York. So then I said, talk to each other. Everybody talked. Everybody just talked to each other. And by God, they all knew. And my whole career shifted at that point. And I went into paralearning half the time for the next three years in teaching there. And I think once I learned that, uh, that I, I put in practice this idea, and that's the origin of, of the well-known think-pair-share think technique, which is now worldwide. So, um, and, and something that struck me about kind of what you just talked about is that it took them talking to each other to realize that they actually knew the answers to the question. Absolutely. Next comes Casey Kaufman. She is a former reporter in Philadelphia uh, at my old TV station during the 80s, who then went on to become a major market anchor in Boston, and who then retired and discovered that, hey, she can draw. She decided to, to start sketching uh, when she had time, and those sketches have become acrylic on canvas paintings, and she's done a lot of them, and she's really quite good. Uh, in our interview, we talk a little bit about a creative life, what that means, and how painting kind of found her instead of the other way around. I do think that the practice of, of daily painting is, is, you know, really the cornerstone of my particular um, practice. And, you know, I, I don't really have, like, there is no method to the madness. I, I paint the kinds of things that I would want to hang in my house. Sure. And if you hang a lot of, you know, you're a daily painter, you're going to have a lot of stuff. Um and I do have, you know, a studio in my home, which is awesome. And there was an open studio this past weekend and everything is set up like it's a little gallery and it's, I can move everything around and it's kind of a very cool thing. And it inspires me just being in the midst of it. Right around the corner from me here in Fenwood, New Jersey lives a gentleman named Adam Horvath, who was a blogger. Uh, the name of his blog is Foodigenous. And it's not really a food review blog. It's more about foods that are indigenous to the various places he visits. He spends a lot of time in New Jersey, Philadelphia, upstate New York, but he's also traveled to New Orleans, uh, other points uh, west of New Jersey, and he's gone across the pond to Europe as well. Adam and I talked about food and the way he weaves popular culture into his food blog. 
I like talking with my friends. I think that, you know, when I, you know, when I talk about food and they're interested, I kind of wanted to have that same effect when I write it. So grammatically, I know sometimes I might not be using the perfect grammar, but that's with intention. And it really is to make it feel like you're on the other side of a conversation with me. So that is intentional. And I appreciate you noticing that because it's, it's something I try and do. And I definitely do shoehorn as much pop culture movie references as makes sense. I often delete a lot before that final draft goes out. Well, that's called editing and that's what any good writer does. Right. Right, So um, when you started doing this during the pandemic and at a, at a kind of a down, down part of your life in interviewing a lot of other writers that they actually find inspiration in stuff like that in kind of down times, maybe bad times uh, in their youth and their adulthood. Uh, Do you think you're, you would have done it had there not been a pandemic and hit, or do you think you just would have done it regardless because it was in you? I mean, it was in me to do something, whether it was just going to be food trips and, and talk about it with my friends and put them on Facebook or uh, to actually write about them. I, I needed the time. So as much as I, I was working probably harder than I ever did during the pandemic, um, but I just had a lot of downtime and I had I had a need to get stuff out of me. So, I mean, emotionally, you know, with what with my wife was going through, what the world was going through, I, I thought it was very cathartic. And finally, my number one downloaded episode is with this gentleman, Charles Wiedemann. Charles is from my old neighborhood in Northeast Philadelphia. The neighborhood's called Lawndale, and he wrote a book about Lawndale. His book is about uh, his childhood experiences growing up uh, in the 70s. Uh, I grew up kind of in the 60s and 70s. I'm a little older than him, but we both share a lot of the common experiences of living in a working class neighborhood at a simpler time. Uh, Our parents, you know, worked hard for a living. And we played hard at a time when there was no internet, no cell phones, no video games. We found things to do just outside in the street uh, with things like wiffle balls and broomsticks and the wires that hung overhead. Charles and I talked a lot about some of our common experiences. You know, if somebody had some hockey sticks with the plastic, you know, uh, blade and the puck that would go down the sewer, the littlest guy was hung by his feet and they'd get the puck out. They played wiffle ball and, you know, just... um, Red Light, Green Light, and Mother May I, and, you know, Hide and Go Seek, and just all that sort of stuff. You just played in the street, riding your bikes, and, you know, just traveling around back in the woods and Tookany Creek and building forts back there. And, yeah, we just, we like to be outside, you know, in the sunshine and, and just uh, just creating our own kind of fun. And, yeah. you know, as long as we're home, by the time the street lights came on, you know, you had to come in. Or But if you made it during... All you had to do was make it home by dinner. And during the day, you were just miles away. Your parents had no idea where you were. You could you could have been killed. Yeah. And they wouldn't have found out for a couple of days, man. Exactly. You know? But no one, everyone did it. You were just gone. And we would go really far away. You knew if you had ridden your bike uh, for a few hours, you probably should turn back because the sun's starting to go down and we got to start heading back. And you would just find your way back to your neighborhood. Yeah, you know, it seemed between playing and, and traveling blocks away. And then like when I went to, you went to um, Lawndale Elementary, I went to Franklin Elementary, which is south on Rising Sun Avenue. But, you know, I walked to school from first grade all the way to sixth grade. And then I walked to junior high, which was Creighton up Tabor Road. And, you know, between walking to school and then, 
you know, riding our bikes, God knows where it, it, I don't see that happening today. You know, you know, if everybody's so scared of their kids and, you know, with good reason, you know, there's a lot of creeps out there and, and people are, I think they're much more, much more protective of their kids than our generation was because there wasn't as much to worry about back in those days, or maybe there was, and our parents just didn't, I don't know. What do you think? I think that, um, well, I mean, the neighborhood we grew up in was one of the best in the, in the city and it was relatively and uh, a quiet little classic uh, 60, 70 suburban um, existence. But yeah, it just, it was just a safer time. I try to explore the roots of creativity. Creativity comes to people in many different ways at many different times in their lives. Sometimes later in life, sometimes they discover it by accident. Sometimes they always knew it it was there, but because of blankets of denial and life getting in the way, they couldn't really express themselves, and now they can. So I hope you'll join me. Subscribe to Type Tune Tint. Uh, The website is called typetunetint.com. I'd appreciate it if you uh, subscribed. Uh, It doesn't cost much, $5 a month at minimum. Helps keep the podcast going, and it helps keep the uh, website that supports the podcast going. Hope you all have had a great holiday season, and Happy New Year.